Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Markay from the Markay Show. You hear me every weekday morning from 10 a.m. to noon on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. First of all, thanks for listening to the Markay Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion podcast and Jacksonville's morning news interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes and Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. Entertaining. Never been so addicted to a show between 10 and 12. Informative. You call people out no matter what they are, and you hold them accountable. That's the Markay Show. The first hour of the Mark K Show starts now. What was this uh, Trump chopper thing? Was that today? What was this today? No, it's yesterday on his way to Hershey. Oh, this was on his way to right. Hershey. Yeah. All right, so this is Donald Trump yesterday on his way to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Unless he stayed at a Holiday Inn last well, night. Well, I think the Democrats, I can't imagine they vote for it because we did nothing wrong. There was absolutely nothing done wrong. And they approved today the USMCA. And I call that the silver lining to impeachment. Because without the impeachment, they would have never approved it, in my opinion. The reason is they wanted to muffle down the impeachment because they're embarrassed by it. And they couldn't get the votes. And that's exactly what happened. You know, there's a lot of truth to that statement. There's a lot of truth to that statement, which is uh, which is the Democrat. And that is the one silver lining for the Donald. For Thank God Donald Trump pointed it out because of impeachment and because of the negative reaction by the public to the impeachment. The Democrats, the irony of the whole thing is they're actually now doing work. <laughs> they're actually the do nothing Democrats, as he calls them, the people who have been so focused on on impeachment for so long as a as a result, as a byproduct of you, if you will, of impeachment, they need to realize they realize that when they look at their focus groups and when they look at all of the uh, the news clips, because they're really the Democrats are number one, primarily focused on how they how they come across to the public, because they know that their power lies in whether or not uh, the people will vote them back into office. And if the people won't vote them back in their into office, then they don't have their jobs and they can't go in and pass laws that then take advantage of the people and steal their money and whatnot. So they're very focused on public opinion. Uh, so much so that Nancy Pelosi started to uh, started to negotiate with the president on the USMCA. Not only that, but she came out and said that the USMCA, get this, was better than NAFTA, better than NAFTA, which was one of the signature pieces of legislation by one of her former favorite people, which was, uh, you know, the uh, president uh, Clinton. The last great Democratic president uh, before Barack Obama. And here she is. There is no question, of course, that this uh, uh, trade agreement is much better than NAFTA. Wow. So Nancy Pelosi spends a good portion of the last two and a half years trying to indict Donald Trump, trying to impeach Donald Trump, trying to dig up dirt on Donald Trump, wasting money on the Mueller report, wasting money on all the Ukraine stuff, wasting countless man hours on all of these committee hearings with all of these bogus witnesses who aren't really witnesses at all. They're just partisan hacks who are coming forward to give their opinion. And then they introduce articles of impeachment. Well, all the time there are there are pollsters and there are people on the phone running the phone banks and there are Democratic operatives running around saying, what is the perception? What is the perception in the American public? What are the voters thinking about all this stuff? Well, clearly the voters are all like, 
get back to work, you lazy bums. So in the midst of all of this, Nancy Pelosi has to pretend to work. But pretending to work is much more difficult than actually working. So she goes out and she negotiates the deal, says, look, we're going to pass the USMCA, which is, get this, a feather in the cap of Donald Trump. Donald Trump rolled on into office and said, NAFTA was the worst thing ever. NAFTA was a horrible thing. We got to get rid of We're getting trade. We're getting dead. It's terrible trade for what Bill Clinton did was terrible. And Mexico's taking advantage and Canada no more. We're going to stop it. And he threatened Mexico and Canada. Remember, he threatened to shut down the border and not bring in avocados. And people were freaking out because guacamole went up like 50 cents a scoop at Chipotle, all because of what Donald Trump was doing with NAFTA. And now you have Nancy Pelosi going in with the Democrats and creating what I guess could be could be could be called a bipartisan agreement on trade between the United States, Canada and Mexico. Not only that, but it's way better than what Bill Clinton did. There is no question, of course, that this uh, uh, trade agreement is much better than NAFTA. You know, you know why Nancy's excited, because tequila is a lot cheaper now. I mean, she could afford it anyway. But now, now, since tequila is cheaper, she can spend more money on, you know, other things like her French wine, which is going to get more expensive because we still haven't worked out, hammered out the details with our French agreement. Anywho, so that's all going on yesterday. And we saw a little bit of it earlier, too. Remember when Nancy Pelosi had a press conference about articles of impeachment saying we are she came out and she said, we are going to go forward with articles of impeachment. And then she left, came back about 20 minutes later and said, oh, Let's have another press conference and talk about HRC uh, 12 or whatever, HRC 4 or 5. And we want to talk about health care because she realized the only time she gets up in front of the camera these days is to talk about impeachment. And that doesn't make her look like a strong leader. That doesn't make her look like a conscientious politician. That doesn't make her look like a representative of the people, which if you look at it, it's right there in the terminology House of Representatives, you are a representative of such and such a district. You are a representative of of such and such a voting block. And and if you go back and think about what the term actually means, your job is to go to Washington, D.C. and, you know, not hobnob with with politicos, not try to get rid of a president that you just don't like because you think he's because you think he's a, you know, just a just a, a monster. Your job is to represent the people and the people like Donald Trump, maybe not the people in your district, but the people overall do like Donald Trump. And as a representative of the people, you might want to take a, you might want to you might want to take another look at them, take another stab at it and say, hey, are these really the things that I'm here supposed uh, here to do? And Nancy Pelosi realizes that in addition to all of this impeachment mumbo jumbo, she has to represent the people and she has to act like she's looking. And the benefit is work actually gets done. So in a way, (laughs) thank, thank Donald Trump for being public enemy number one. Thank Donald Trump for being public enemy number one so that he can, uh, you know, so that he can he can, um, you know, actually get stuff passed through the House of Representatives. Now, that's the first thing that's going on today. Second thing that's going on today is right now, as a matter of fact, in fact, I want to pop in on this because it's Lindsey Graham. And I love listening to Lindsey Graham these days. Uh, Lindsey Graham is is holding a Senate Judiciary Committee uh, meeting about the uh, DOJ Inspector General's report um, about the FBI not being biased when they started investigating Donald Trump and getting this FISA warrant. Uh, and these proceedings, I guess they just they just kicked off minutes ago. Here, let's see if he's I think it's an opening statement still to your team. You were able to uncover and discover abuse of power. I never believe would actually exist 
in 2019. How bad is it? Is as it was is was as if well Edgar Hoover came back to life. The old FBI, the FBI that had a chip on its shoulder and wanted to intimidate people and find out what was going on in your life and the law be damned. Martin Luther King and just fill in the names. So who ran this thing? The people were handpicked by McCabe, the number two guy at the FBI. The supervisory agent, the deputy assistant director for counterintelligence is Peter Strzok. He's a big player in all things Crossfire Hurricane. Lisa Page, you may have heard of her. Who was she? She was an FBI lawyer working for McCabe. These are two central characters in this debacle. Let me tell you a little bit about who these people are. All right, we're going to get back to that here in just a minute. But as you can see, this is the beginning of, you would really say, I would say the Republican rebuttal to the last two and a half years. The Republican response to the Mueller report. The Republican response to uh, the Ukraine investigation and impeachment. This is really the de the Republicans for the first time ever getting a public cross-examination of the Democrats, of the FBI, of the Democrat National Committee, of all of these operatives, and most importantly, of the deep state that has been working diligently since he announced his campaign for president to overthrow and destroy Donald Trump. It's a really exciting day. Also, it's whatever you want Wednesday. So whatever you want to talk about, hopefully it's one of these things because those are the big stories. But, you know, whatever you want to talk about today, give us a buzz. We'll get to it. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045. You can leave us an open mic message, too. Just uh, download the mobile app. 104.5 WOKV in your app store. Google Play. iTunes. Send us an open mic. We'll get it on the air. Oh, and I almost forgot. Time Magazine announced their person of the year. And if you didn't think this was a ridiculous publication yet, just wait until you hear who it is. I'll tell you right after this. It's the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. is much better than NAFTA. But in terms of our work here, it is infinitely better than what was initially a pope, uh, proposed by the administration. That's her dig. That's her saying, you know, it was good, but now it's even better. It's like infinitely better, uh, even though there's not really... There's not really that much of a difference between the two, but it's a, it doesn't matter. It's not a win for Pelosi. It's a win for Donald Trump. The same day that she's basically saying, hey, we are going to go forward with impeachment. The same day that these articles of impeachment were uh, introduced, this is the time that Nancy Pelosi is handing Donald Trump one of his biggest wins, which is the USMCA uh, being passed and pushed through um, and finally agreed upon. And again, chalk it all up to Nancy trying to save face. She's trying to save face because she knows that people think she's doing nothing. Donald Trump has branded them the do-nothing Democrats. People see, yeah, you know what? All you're doing is trying to impeach the president that we elected. What good are you? You know, what? how does that help anybody? 
and it doesn't. So peppered in between impeachment, they're now trying to uh, they're now trying to prove to people that they are also trying to get the job done. And it's it's very very uh, it's very very ironic that by impeaching Donald Trump, he is actually getting his um, his, his stuff passed through Congress, and then it'll go through the Senate, and we'll be good to go. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. This thing with Lindsey Graham in the Senate at the Judiciary Committee for the Inspector General is very interesting, and it's it's something that you're seeing trending nationally. And I'll tell you about that in a minute. But first, let's get to a couple of these uh, these open mics and uh, phone calls because it is whatever you want Wednesday. We'll start with Jerry in Jacksonville. Jerry, hi, how are you? Thanks for calling the Mark K Show. Mark K, I love listening to you, brother. I am a Democrat. Okay, cool. I don't agree with you on everything, but do I think the president did something wrong? Yes. Do I think it reaches the level of impeachment? Absolutely not. I think that we should censure the president. I think we should come together with the Republicans to say, hey, Mr. President, what you did was wrong. Let's move forward. Um, let's let the people decide in, in 2020, because honestly, I, I did not like that he got elected, but he did what he said he was going to do. I mean, what more can you ask? So I am definitely with the president on this. Um, I don't think he should be impeached. I think Nancy Pelosi was really, really fighting this. She did not want this to happen. Um, but I do think that Donald Trump does step on his own feet sometimes. If he could just get away from that, focus on the economy. Can you imagine, Marquette, what an infrastructure bill would do right now to our economy? Oh, my God. That's why I'm leaving that, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you uh, for taking my call. Oh, Jerry, I, listen, I appreciate you calling in. And I'm not, you know what? Check your voter registration card. You may not actually be a Democrat, or you may be a Democrat in name only, a dino, which is great. We'd, I'd rather those than, than rhinos. But, uh, but thanks so much for calling. Thanks for listening. And we do appreciate when our Democratic friends call in, too, because we have so few of them. <laughs> it's always nice. It's always nice to hear the opposite opinion. But yeah, look, then the thing with censure is interesting. There is a small group, a small group, about 11 or 12 uh, moderate. Um, they're moderate representatives. They're Democrats. They're from districts that Donald Trump won. Because, look, just because Donald Trump lost New Jersey doesn't mean he didn't win every district. And if you have a Democrat representing a district that Donald Trump won and that Democratic representative goes up and tries to impeach the president, votes for impeachment, then guess what? The people back in that district are going to be like, wait a minute, you're supposed to represent us. We elected Trump. Why are you now trying to impeach him? That doesn't one of you's got to go. And guess who it's probably going to be? The representative. And so you've got a handful of these these moderates who are in these moderate districts and they are pushing the idea of censure. Censure is impeachment light. Censure is uh, censure is you take Donald Trump's wrist or whatever or back of you and you just go and you slap it. And it says we censured you. And then everybody just goes about goes about their business. It used to be that a censure was a, a really bad thing. But nowadays it's like, you know, it's basically impeachment light. Uh, impeachment actually means there's a trial in the Senate. I think censure is the way to go for the Democrats because they already know that Donald Trump isn't going anywhere. They already know that Donald Trump isn't going to be removed from office by his fellow Republican senators. He knows they know that this is going to be dead in the water and they're still going to have to run a campaign and they still don't have a candidate to run. So why not just censure the guy? You don't have to worry about the Senate trial. You don't have to worry about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and the whistleblower and Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and everybody else having to testify in the Senate and saying things that you don't want said in public. You don't have to worry about any of that. You can just go to home for Christmas, go get drunk on New Year's Eve, Nancy Pelosi, which I know, you, I mean, it's, it's like it's just another day for her. And then you can come back and you can try to elect Joe Biden 
or who or Hillary Clinton or whoever else you're going to throw out. They're just try your darndest. But a censure saves you a little bit of face. They're not going to do it because, number one, they're too far gone. And number two, they're too full of hatred to be thinking clearly at this moment or at any other moment in time. But, Jerry, again, thanks so much for the call, and thanks for listening. And everybody else, if you're hanging on the line, we're going to get to you in just a minute. If you're leaving an open mic message, we're going to get to that in just a minute. We will tell you who Time Magazine's Person of the Year is in just a minute. And more of the Mark K Show will return in just a minute on 104.5 WOKV. You can barely understand Nancy Pelosi. She's talking with the slur. She's getting too old and starting not to work properly. I mean, that's been like the last 20 years, I feel like. And yeah, at least we got at least we understand what she says when she said the USMCA uh, was fantastic legislation. Way better, way better than NAFTA. And that was something that I mean, that was a little I'll be honest with you. That was jaw dropping. There's no question, of course, that this uh, uh, trade agreement is much better than NAFTA. Right. So now she's going to get cheap uh, tequila. We won't be paying as much for avocados or maple syrup. Does this now mean I can get my avocados from Mexico cheaper? Guacamole Wednesday. Yeah, guacamole Wednesday. Whatever you want Wednesday. <laughs> if you want guacamole, then great. That makes that makes perfect sense. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. More of your open mics coming up here uh, in just a minute too. And uh, we're gonna get to Artemis because he's been waiting very patiently. And then we'll tell you about Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Artemis, how are you? I'm doing good, Mark. How are you doing, man? You're doing a great job. I just wanted to say that to you. Well, thank you. Uh, I really appreciate that, Artemis. So far, you're doing really well too. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I left an open mic message earlier, but I wanted to talk to you face to face. But like, um, I'm worried about this whole red flag law thing going on. You're worried like, about the red flag law? Yeah, because being a gun owner, I don't want cops knocking down my door in the middle of the night. So, right. you know, I just want to know like, what is it? Like, what is it? And like, is it, is it implemented, or do I have to be worried? Like, what's going on? All right, let me ask you a question: Are you a responsible gun owner? Of course, yeah. Oh, all right, good. Are you using your gun or guns to harm yourself or others? Well, if somebody comes to my house, then that's not that's not invited then those others. All right, but you're not going on like Facebook or Twitter or anything and saying, "Here's me and my and my AK, and if you come my way or if you talk bad about my president, you're going to get a, a a face full of lead." Nothing like that, right? No, 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 no. Well, then here's the deal. You, you're fine, or at least you should be, because here in the state of Florida, the yes, they have been confiscating guns, 2,000 of them in the past year since the red flag was passed, but it's been from people, supposedly, who would use that weapon or who police suspect would use that weapon to harm themselves or others. So if you have a gun and you threaten somebody, that gun will be taken away from you. If you have a gun and you start uh, you know, talking about how suicidal you are or about how you want to end it all, that gun will be taken away from you. If you are uh, committing a crime and you have a gun, that probably is a good uh, result for that gun to be taken away from you. But if you're just, you know, if you've got licensed weapons, if you've got your concealed carry permit, if you've got guns and rifles and they're locked up and you're using them for hunting or home protection, then you're fine. They're not going to come and snatch your guns. You still have the right to bear arms. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. It, it's like, it was, it's like, oh, oh. All over social media and everything, they're saying like a totally different story. Well, I mean, look, here's there's what there's what is now and what could be. 
And the two things are really right right now. The red flag law is to and it was passed here in Florida because of of, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas and the shooting there because of what happened in Orlando. Although, get this, Artemis, this is ironic. The counties, because I, I was looking at this county by county breakdown of red flag laws and where the guns are most being confiscated and seized. And um, what, is, what is Orange County, Orlando, the Orlando area ranks out of the 67 counties here in Jacksonville. And I know there's 67 or in Florida and I know there's 67 counties because I Googled it. It ranks 53rd among the 67 counties, which means that where the most violent use of guns in our entire state uh, state's history was. That's where one of the fewest, um, you know, uh, instances of this red flag law taking effect occur. Now, in Baker County, they've confiscated zero guns <laughs> in the year since the red flag law uh, came to be. But again, it's Baker County. You go into Baker County and try to take somebody's gun, you're going to come out in a casket. I don't care who you are. So uh, so that's it. In uh, Jacksonville, Duval, very few gun seizures. But if you look at it, only 2,000 guns or weapons have been taken out uh, of the hands of gun owners. Um, and again, because Florida laws and the courts and the courts have to be involved in this. It can't just be a cop. The courts have to be involved in this and say, you don't have the right to this gun because we feel like you're going to use it illegally. Now, again, that's where we are today. What you need to watch and what we all need to watch and be aware of is at two at 2000 in year one, will that number go up or will that number go down? And if the number goes up, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. It means the law isn't working and the government is now abusing their power. If that number goes down, it means that the law is working and that the government is not abusing its power. Basically, what what laws are supposed to do is laws are supposed to keep you from committing the crime in the first place. So, for example, when you get out on I-95, they post something up there that says speed limit 70. And that is, and you'll though maybe they'll put a little thing that says speed checked by radar or speeding fines doubled in work zone. That is basically the red flag law. That's they're saying this is the law: seventy miles per hour. That's it. You are going to have to go seventy miles per hour, or or you're going to be penalized in some way, shape, or form. Now, people go out on I-95 and they don't drive 70 miles an hour they drive 85 90 sometimes even faster why do they do that well because they doubt the government's ability to uphold that law that's why people break law, any law you doubt the government's ability to uphold that law and the speeding laws eh, it's very difficult to uphold so that's basically what's happening here if the red flag law works Unlike the speed limit, if people are like, look, I'm not going to use this gun to harm other people. I'm not going to use this gun to harm myself. If it works and if these if these instances go down, then we're in good shape. But if it's 2000 this year and then it's 4000 next year and then it's 6000 next year and then 10000 next year, that's when you've got a serious problem. Because then what you have is you have this this overreaching by the courts, overreaching by law enforcement and this and this really step by step growing de, uh, you know disarming of, of American citizens. And that's going to be a problem. So right now, it's too soon to tell. 2000 in year one, that's our baseline. Hopefully, hopefully that doesn't go up. Great question, though. Great question. 855-765-1045. All right. So do you guys remember uh, Greta Thunberg? 
Greta Thunberg was um, she was at the U.N. Council and she came in and she told everybody how horrible we are because we're stealing her childhood. At the, she was at the climate conference and she became like an international superstar for like, I don't know, four days. And then and then, and then we all moved on to something else. Uh, this was part of her, her riveting and gut wrenching speech that that went viral. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be up here. I should be back in school on the other side of the ocean. Yeah, she's a Swedish girl. She started by going into a Swedish parliament and 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 pushing a, a strike for climate change in school. And then she was invited over here to the United States to speak to the U.N. And she basically just berated anybody over the age of eh, 25. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words. And yet... I'm one of the lucky ones. Yeah, you're the lucky one. You know why? You are Time's Person of the Year. So we stole her childhood, we stole her dreams, but we put her on the cover of a magazine and made her an, an international superstar, all because she th she threatened her, her, her elders. Yet you all come to us young people for hope. How dare you? Yeah, how dare you? Well, Time Magazine, they fell for it, man. Hook, line, and sinker. They bought that, and they put this girl on the cover as Time's Person of the Year. Because she was able to start what they call a global movement. Because she was able to uh, to become a political activist for climate change. And because apparently they feel like she's actually doing something. She's more than just a meme to Time Magazine. She is, of all the people in the entire world, she is it. She is the person of the year because she got up on stage and she accused every other person older than her of stealing her childhood and her dreams. You have stolen my dreams and my childhood with your empty words, yet... I'm one of the lucky ones. Hmm. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Who says anger doesn't pay? Who says anger isn't a good thing? Look at this girl's world. She's on the cover. She's a cover girl. Congratulations, Greta Thunberg. Well, well, maybe not. Well, congratulations. 855-765-1045. Another quick break. We got some open mic messages about that. Uh, also, we've got some phone calls coming up here in just a minute. If you want to get through, it's whatever you want Wednesday. So whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about it. 855-765-1045 or star star 1045. It's a Marcation. More coming up on 104.5 WOKV. said red flaw lag. What did I say? You said red flaw lag. I said red flaw lag? Yeah, apparently you said red flaw lag in, in the middle of that uh that segment last. Instead of red red instead of red flag, red flag law, law, you must have said red flaw lag. Did I really? Oh wait, is this it here? Yeah, yeah, yes, they it. have been confiscating guns, 2000 of them in the past year since the red flaw lag was passed. There it is. <laughs> The infamous red flaw lag. <laughs> yes, they have been confiscating oh. guns. 2,000 of them in the past year since the red flaw lag was passed. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> Sometimes I talk so fast that I can't even keep up. The red flaw lag. You know, when they when they, when they uh, confiscate your uh, guns. I don't know why. 855 Out of my cold head, Dan's. Wait, wait. Uh, I got to say, thank goodness for the stream, because my job is to listen to you. Yeah. And I still miss so many things you say because you talk so fast. <laughs> <We're both like laughs> boom. Who said that? Who uh, noticed it first? Was it uh, the stream? It was somebody or? on Facebook. I, I, I haven't found the source yet, but I saw and then I heard the open mic call you out. You said red flaw lag. 
Yeah, sure. I've said worse, though. I've said a lot of worse. Yes, they you. have been confiscating guns, 2,000 of them in the past year since the Red Flawlag was passed. Yeah. Uh, star, <laughs> star Star 104. Hey, keep me on my toes, folks. Keep me, uh, you know, keep me on down the straight and narrow. Matt at Orange Park, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? Oh, doing great. Thanks so much for asking, Matt. What do you want to say, sir? Hey, well, about this uh, climate activist teenager that thinks she's all that. Greta you know, Thunberg. Kind of that time put her, uh, yeah, time put her on her on, on her pedestal again. But let's look at the history of Time magazine. They also put Adolf Hitler as person of the year. I do believe, if my history serves me correctly. Hey, so, uh, oh yeah, look, they sure did. They had Adolf Hitler, and the following year, Joseph Stalin. Yeah, so let's look at the source. <laughs> oh, wow, they actually had Joseph Stalin on there twice. You're, no, you're right. And the person of the year, we should point out, the person of the year doesn't always necessarily mean that it is a positive thing. In fact, they they stressed that a couple years ago when they put Donald Trump on the cover. Donald Trump was the person of the year in, yeah. I want to say, 2016 or 2015, one or the other. And they were, and they made yeah, a big yeah. hubbub. It was 2016. Donald Trump was Times Person of the Year, and they had a huge article clarifying their position, saying this is the person who has made the most impact—not positive or negative, yeah. but impact. They didn't right. do that this okay. year, however, yeah. with Greta. So I assume they think sure her impact yeah, is yeah. positive. <laughs> no, that, her impact isn't doing anything. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great point, though, Matt. Hey, thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for calling. We really appreciate it. If you look at the Time Person of the Year, like going all the way back. Charles Lindbergh was the first one. He was the guy that uh, made the first transatlantic solo flight in the spirit of St. Louis. All right, that makes sense. You know, you're going to kick it off. Here's a guy that basically changed aviation and travel and really the world as we know it uh, forever. Because now, I mean, there are thousands of flights back and forth across every ocean, and he was the first one to do it. Makes perfect sense. Walter Chrysler in 1928. Uh, when they uh, when they merged with Dodge and became you know one of the largest probably the largest automobile industry um, or ob- automobile maker in the United States also great then they go down to Mahatma Gandhi you've got Franklin Delano, Delano Roosevelt a couple times you've got you know Chiang Kai Shek then you get into the Adolf Hitlers and things but more recently you know it's been it's been these strange people that they choose for example uh, last year I don't know if you remember it was the Guardians. And it was basically the journalists, journalists who, uh, you know, like Jamal Khashoggi, the guy that was supposedly murdered by the Saudis, you know, all the or, um, when he went into the uh, when he went into the uh, the uh, what he got the uh, embassy. And then the, the year before that, it was the silence breakers, the whistleblowers. And this was in the uh, Me Too movement and all that stuff. This was before whistleblowing became like this popular because of the whistleblower and the president. But this was all about the Me Too movement and all these powerful women that were able to take down all these powerful men. And then Donald Trump, Angela Merkel, before that, Ebola fighters. You know, it's it's been it's been kind of it's run the gamut, uh, if you will. But Vladimir Putin has also been person. You have been the person of the year. Individual content creators on the World Wide Web were uh, were people of the year based on, uh, you know, based on Time magazine's uh, statistical analyses of whatever. So and, you know, that's uh, take it for what it's worth. Take it for what it's worth. The fact that Time magazine still publishes a magazine to me is shocking. But there it is, right there in the grocery store, right underneath, you know, Southern Cookie Baking and next to the Inquirer every time I every time I check out. And I walk by and I never grab one. Sometimes my kids will look through the Sudoku 
Uh, but I think, you know, put that back. We're not, I, we're not, we're not getting any of that crap. 855 uh, 855-765-1045. 855-765-1045. All right. We're monitoring this, um, IG Horowitz hearing at the, uh, Senate Judiciary Committee led by Lindsey Graham. We'll bring you some more clips from that here in just a minute. Also, uh, more from Nancy Pelosi yesterday. And I want to share with you what happened on Ellen's show with Clint Eastwood because I think it ties directly into what's happening politically. And it's, I think, I think, I have a theory that Ellen DeGeneres is in the closet. No, not that closet. She's out of that closet. I think she's a closeted conservative, or at least she's maybe trying on the clothes, if you will. 855-765-1045. More of whatever you want Wednesdays on the way. Stay tuned to the Marque Show on 104.5 WOKV. This is the Marque Show. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. We appreciate it. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855-765-1045. And guess what today is? It's whatever you want Wednesday. So whatever you want to talk about, we will talk about. You can leave it. You can call up 855-765-1045. Or if you want to, leave us an open mic message and you can just tell us what's on your mind. Hey, guys. Breaking news. I just lost all respect for time. Yeah, Greta. <laughs> Greta Thunberg. Thunberg? Thunberg. Thunberg. Ah, whatever. Thunberg. Thunberg. Thunberg? It's actually like Thunberg, but I don't speak. Swedish? Yeah, no, Swedish. Yeah. She anyway. So Thunberg, Thunberg with you, bye. She is Time's uh, Person of the Year this year. Uh, it was just announced, and a lot of people are like, oh, that's just, it just seems like it's, seems like it's pandering uh, to a, a certain segment of the population that maybe still reads Time Magazine. When it comes to the laws, the Democrats pretty much do whatever they want. Wait, that's not it. Greta needs a spanking. Not accolade. Okay, oh, <laughs> that's a mom. Someone's mom right there. This girl is definitely. I mean, she is kind of being a little rude to her elders. I mean, I get that she's upset that her that her dreams have been squashed and her childhood's been stolen. But I mean, come on, we all have our thing. You can't just blame your parents for everything. You gotta you eventually you have to take. Eventually, you have to grow up and uh, and you know and um, and take responsibility for yourself. Greta Thunberg, Person of the Year. Wow, that's almost as bad as Obama getting the Nobel Peace Prize for doing nothing. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's uh, see, that's the thing about award. You definitely have to make uh, sure you don't pay too much attention to these awards because most awards, I'm going to be honest with you, most awards are bought. If if somebody gives you an award, it's because you did them a favor or they like you or you paid for it. Uh, you know, the Golden Globe nominations just came out. Netflix, like apparently raked in all these Golden Globe nominations for all these movies and things that nobody's ever seen um, because they pay a lot of money. There's 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 magazines and, and websites and Facebook pages and they're advertising. Please pick this movie. Pick this movie. Please make sure that we win the award because we're the most deserving and yada yada. And we need more customers and most awards these days are bought and sold and paid for and you only get something because somebody wants something from you and barack obama perfect example of that the reason he ever got the nobel peace prize was because the nobel committee and the rest of the world wanted to do something nice for him so that he would do something nice for us and then he started bombing people and that kind of that kind of you know defeated the whole kind of he got the award first and then after he was the most peaceful man on earth and did the most to perpetuate peace on this earth that's when he started killing people uh you know w without any real uh without any real plan or or uh or you know agenda whatsoever uh 855-765-1045 paul in orange park hi paul how are you i'm good hi how are you oh i'm doing well thanks happy whatever you want wednesday paul what do you want to talk about today 
Well, I wanted to talk about the uh, trade agreement uh, that, uh, well, the trade uh, deal that is trying to uh, go through with uh, the U.S. and China. Uh-huh. And, I'm, and I'm just looking at it from a different perspective. And I'm thinking, you know, back in the day when we had the Cold War going on, uh, wouldn't it be better not to do a trade agreement with China and just hold them to the fire since they're not even participating in the real business world in a, in a fair manner? I'm thinking, why even conduct any kind of trade with them? They steal our intellectual rights. They're constantly copywriting or uh, manufacturing product that they have no rights whatsoever to manufacture. They create large tariffs against our goods going over there. So why not just not do business with them? They would be the ones to suffer more than us. We would end up winning like we'd won the Cold War with Russia. Uh, I mean, Paul, that's a great point, and that's one that a lot of people have made. Um, you know, and there's, and it just, it depends on who's doing the deal. Now, with Ronald Reagan in the Cold War, Ronald Reagan knew that he could bankrupt the Soviet Union. So that's what he did. He bankrupted the Soviet Union. He just kept building missiles. They had to match us. They borrowed so much money and spent so much money that eventually they were bankrupt and they had to and they collapsed. You basically saw the collapse of the United of the uh, Union of Soviet Socialist Republic. And it was all economic. It had nothing to do with uh, it had nothing to do with war or people's thought prizes. You run out of money. And when you know what happens when you run out of money, you shut down your doors. Uh, you know, you, you close up shop and you move on for the next one. Would it work with China? I mean, and it would, but I guess the, the concern people have with just bankrupting China is that definitely would have a negative effect on the rest of the world. Could we win a trade war? Absolutely. Do we want to be that cut and dry with it? You know, Donald Trump's looking for a multifaceted deal. He's still looking for phase one. You know, that's why he keeps pushing back the tariffs. I don't know what the answer is, uh, but I'm going to be honest with you. The, 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 um, Replacement of NAFTA with the USMCA now and the the other trade agreements and the fact that that we're uh, we're browbeating France and the other European countries into better trade agreements and the success that we're seeing with these countries who who know I mean, they know they've been taken advantage of us. They know that we've been the sucker. They're not stupid. They're probably like, wow, I can't believe I can't believe somebody finally woke up and saw what we're doing. Okay, fine. If, even if we give a little on these things, we're still probably winning. And we've been winning for so long, it's probably only fair to uh, to give Donald Trump what he wants. I don't know what's going to happen with it. But, you know, you could take the hardline approach like you're suggesting, or you could go piece by piece, which is what I think Donald Trump is suggesting as well. Uh, either way, here's the good news. Stuff's going to change. And either way, China will will be way worse off than we are because they're the ones shipping everything to us. I mean, the, and turn around and pick up something right now. The closest thing near you, near you probably it was made in China. Um, and they and there's a reason for that. It's because they they have the uh, what's it say? The other the other Josh. It says made in China. There you go. Slash echo in China. Ah, see, there you go. I told you. Um, and so that, and they've got to continue to ship this crap somewhere. Uh, and there's no other, there's no other larger consumer country in the world than the United States of America. I mean, we, we are, we just, we love to consume it all. We take it all. 855-765-1045 is the number. 855 855- uh, seven six five one zero four five is the number. Now, there's something else going on too that I want to get into a little bit, and that is, it, it has to do with Hollywood, and it has to do with, I think that you know, and I don't want to say it's cyclical, but there seems to be a cyclical 
conservative uh, trend coming through Hollywood and coming through um, in a lot of places where you never expected to see it. And one of the one of the people I think most unlikely, but also caught up in the middle of it, and probably one of the ones who's most likely to to help with the changing tide of conservatism in Hollywood is Ellen DeGeneres. You may remember a couple months ago, Ellen DeGeneres, man, she got huge heat from her audience, tons of flack from her audience, because she was at a Dallas Cowboys game sitting next to George W. Bush. And she and George W. were laughing, and they were hooting and hollering, and there was video released, and all these people went crazy. All these crazy leftists were like, he's a mass murderer. He lied to the world. There were no weapons of mass destruction. How can you hang out with him? He's the devil incarnate. Ellen DeGeneres, we've lost all respect for you. And she had to go on her show and say, look, uh, I know he was president. I know we have different political views, but he's a very nice man. And why don't we all just get along? And then after her apology was round two of hate. What do you mean? He's a nice. You're the worst person ever. I can't believe you just apologized. I can't believe you said he was a nice man. He's killed millions of people for no reason. Blah, blah, bliggity, blah. Well, the other day, Ellen DeGeneres, we found out, was hanging out with another prominent Hollywood conservative. And that was Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood turns out not only uh, one of the most outspoken conservative directors in Hollywood, but probably the most successful conservative in Hollywood, because not only has he come forward as a supporter of, of Donald Trump and Ronald Reagan and other conservative presidents in the past, not only did he speak at the Republican National Convention, we all remember the infamous empty chair speech, which, which was a little weird, but, you know, totally, but Clint pulled it off. Uh, but he is also now putting forth stories that are very pro-conservative. He told the story of the Marines on the train in France who saved the day when the uh, the guy came out of the, the bathroom with the um, with the rifle. You know, he's told other stories about, uh, you know, American Sniper, which was a, a, a classic about a military hero who was unfortunately killed here at home while trying to, to you know, help others that were suffering from PTSD. And now he has a brand new film out. And it is also very conservative. It's also perfectly aligned to what's going on in our real world. And he is appearing on the Ellen DeGeneres show where she is favorably uh, speaking about it and reviewing it and giving him a prominent Hollywood conservative a platform to push a conservative film. It's really odd. I have some of the clips from that interview. We got to take a quick break. I'll play those for you here in just a minute. And I'll further explain why I think Ellen DeGeneres is slowly becoming more conservative. And if if that's true, she's going to bring a large uh, part, portion of her audience with her. 855-765-1045. Also, we got more of your phone calls and open mic messages. Whatever you want to talk about today, folks, it's on you. It's whatever you want Wednesday. And it continues next on 104.5 WOKV. Greta Van Thunberg, Times Person of the Year. She's just about as relevant as the magazine is today. <laughs> That's great. That's great. But you know what the problem is with these uh, people of the year is that when you have somebody like Greta Thunberg, who is, I mean, she was was really popular for literally days. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about days. When Donald Trump was Person of the Year, he was relevant and in the news and making headlines every single day for. I, I hope still has been. For several years, she was she was in the news for like three, four days, and then she was done, and we moved on to the next whatever it was. Ukraine came out, and we were all like, oh, let's talk about that now. You know, let's talk about that. Then Donald Trump released a transcript, and climate change was over. So it is really interesting that they choose to take somebody like uh, like her and make her Times Person of the Year. Susie from Middleburg. Susie, how are you? 
Hey, Mark, how are you doing today? Doing great, Susie. What do you want to say today, uh, Susie? It's Trump Day. Yeah, and I was getting worried, man. It's already been like an hour and a half. But thank you so much for calling, Susie. We always, we always appreciate uh, We always appreciate when you call on Wednesdays, 855-765-1045. All right, so Ellen DeGeneres could be a closeted conservative. She's been hanging out with a lot of prominent conservatives lately, uh, namely George W. Bush at the, at the uh, Dallas Cowboys game where she got a lot of heat. We already, we already talked about that. She got heat the first time the uh, clip went viral. She got heat for, for bring, coming on her show and saying, hey, look, we're friends. She admitted we're friends. Well, uh, she had another very prominent conservative and a guy who I guess is just so well respected and so talented and who everybody, I guess, has worked with and really admires, but is also openly conservative. To, but, but to the point where he can still hold down a job and, in fact, has, has been even more successful since he's become a conservative as he was beforehand. And that is Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood is a now a director for the most part. He does star in a lot of films, too. He was just in that movie, The Mule. But he does a lot of directing. He's Ellen's next-door neighbor, we find, find out, and she has nothing but praise for him. Also, she brought him on her show to promote his new movie, which is very conservative in tone, uh, really portrays a conservative event to a conservative audience, so much so that there are protests about this movie by several different groups. A lot of journalists are upset about the movie that is coming out. A lot of law enforcement, uh, not law enforcement, like FBI people are upset about it. A lot of a lot of women are upset about his portrayal of women. And a lot of people just in general who are anti-conservative, anti-Donald Trump, are anti this movie as well. And the movie is called Richard Jewell. It's the true story of the security guard who found the bomb in Atlanta during the Olympics. Here's what Clint Eastwood, here's how he described it on the Ellen Show uh, the other day. He did a heroic deed. He discovered a bomb there, and, and uh, the bomb eventually went off, but it and uh, it, it it didn't do the damage it was supposed to because of things he did. Yeah, so here's this guy. He's a roly-poly uh, security guard from Georgia, and he's at the Atlanta Olympics. I believe it was 96. Finds a bomb, tells everyone to run away. The bomb goes off. It was way less dramatic than it could have been because of what he did. However, he became public enemy number one. They had to find a fall guy really fast because... Otherwise, they were going to cancel the Olympics and it was going to be millions of dollars down the tubes and everything. So uh, uh, he uh, uh, somebody got the idea and they pinned it on him. Yeah, they pinned it on him. And who's they, you might ask? Well, it was two things. The FBI, the FBI got a bunch of evidence together and they kind of pushed the investigation toward him. And it was the press. It was the local paper. It was the media who see if this sounds familiar. This was back in 1996. See if this storyline sounds familiar. The media found a villain and publicly condemned him before they had evidence. They wrote a story. They wrote an outcome. They described what happened. They pinned it all on a guy, a particular person, and then started investigating it and then started to go through and see if they were actually right. And in the end, guess what? It turns out that they were wrong, but it was the FBI and it was the media. They were the ones who created this false narrative of Richard Jewell's life and in doing so pretty much also ruined it. The press and the, and the FBI uh, were somewhat complacent in some of the things they did. And so uh, 
It was the ultimate American tragedy. It was the ultimate American tragedy. A hero being torn apart by the FBI and the mainstream media. The ultimate American tragedy. Does this story not sound familiar? Is there not some other hero who steps in, saves the day, sees something that's about to explode or, in the case of the United States of America, implode, make sure that it doesn't go off and affect as many people as it possibly could have? And instead of being heralded as a hero, isn't there someone else who's in a similar position and gets just executed publicly by the press on a daily basis, gets condemned by an FBI who's treating him unfairly? Is it, doesn't that res, doesn't that seem like something else going on? Because his name really never was cleared. It, it just because everyone once everyone gets it stuck in their head that that's the guy. Yeah. That's the guy. Oh, thank you, Ellen, for clarifying. Every time you know, everyone just got it stuck in their head that that's the guy. So that's the guy. Richard Jewell in 1996 had something very similar happen to him as Donald Trump did in 2016 and beyond. Just because people got into their head that he did this thing doesn't mean he did it. And it took Richard Jewell six years, six years to get his name cleared. How long is it going to take to clear Donald Trump's name? I don't know, but hopefully Clint Eastwood will still be there to make a movie about it. 855-765-1045. I tell you, I think Ellen is secretly becoming a conservative. At least I pray she is. 855-765-1045. Quick break. More of the Marquee Show coming up. This is new. Uh, no, this is just 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. By the way, we, uh, we're going to put a ping pong table here in the studio. I think ping pong probably, right? Is that the best thing, right? I feel like audio-wise, that's probably... Uh, it's very soothing. It is very... Is yeah. it soothing? You don't uh, think the... Well, here's the thing. We have... Uh, we'll get back to the show here in just a minute. By the way, it's whatever you want Wednesday, and we want a ping pong table. We do, yeah. Uh, but I have a paddle. All I'm missing is a table. Oh, perfect. You don't have any balls? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sure. I'll find some. Uh, we'll find some. Yeah. Yeah. Ask your wife. She probably has them. Uh, eight, five, oh. eight, five, five, cents. I mean, my wife has mine. Uh, but basically, what we're doing is we're sitting around, and, and we, are, we have this big table. And I guess, ideally, at one point in time, there, there were supposed to be microphones around the table and computers. It's supposed to be like a workstation or something. I think still on the horizon. Is it? Yeah. I don't know about that. Uh, anyway, the horizon so, might be further away than we initially planned. It looks like a lunchroom table that just kind of sticks out of the wall, but it's a, it's a unique shape. Or like a science lab table. Yeah, really. Where it's like, at waist height so you can stand and open right. up the frog. We should have Bunsen burners and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, some beakers. But anyway, it's the perfect height, I believe, for a ping pong table. Definitely. We'd have to measure it. So uh, what we were thinking is, over the break, maybe just getting like the top of a ping pong table. Right. And we could just lay it across, and that way, during the commercial breaks and the downtimes and the, and the boring parts of the show, you know... I mean, there are I can many. get up and go play. Yeah, we can get up and we can go play ping pong. We could maybe have a tournament. Maybe we could bring in some now listeners. Now we're talking. You know, and we could have a we could have a bracket style, right. and I can beat them all. Yeah, you, you, well, I mean, you wouldn't be able to. We could give away prizes and things like really utilize the space for more than it's being utilized. Because right now it's just wasted space, and uh, I, you know, I hate I hate waste. Eight five five seven six five one zero four five. Rosa in Green Cove. Rosa, how are you? Thanks so much for calling the Marque Show. Oh, Mark, you're wonderful. Thank you for taking my call. How are you today? I'm great, Rosa. You're wonderful, too, by the way. Well, thank you so much. I just want to say is, where's the proof on my President Trump? Show me the proof. I want the proof now. You know what the Democrats say? Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. That's the Democrats for you. Okay? And another thing, too, is stop the lying. Go after the real people like Strzok and Page and Carter, 
all them. Let's do that. American people need to speak up and get justice done. If it doesn't get done, we're going to go ahead and be one of those people that are never going to believe in the justice system. Yeah. No, you're, that's a great point. Now, look, I don't know if you've been following along with what's going on today, but the, now that impeachment is, is, I mean, really, for all intents and purposes, wrapping up, and now that the articles of impeachment are, are moving forward for a vote, uh, you know, well, later this week in the uh, House Judiciary Committee and the next week in the full House, now that, that all that's happening, it's the, the, everything is shifting over to the Senate, which is thankfully run by the Republicans. And Lindsey Graham, yesterday and today, has been really attacked. I mean, they've got the IG report. They've got uh, Horowitz, the inspector general, in there answering questions about that report today. And Lindsey Graham has been hammering away at the inaccuracies in the report, the unbelievable statements of this report that the FBI did not act in a biased way against the president. And he is now taking the reins because the Republicans control this venue. And here's a little bit about what he said with the Democrats and abuse of power yesterday. The abuse of power is by House Democrats, not the president of the United States. Yeah. So now we finally have a mouthpiece in place and we have uh, a, a venue that is that is fit friendly to the president for the most part. And these people are now going to get a chance to speak the truth and tell people what the Democrats have been doing and show them exactly how they've been uh, creating these false narratives about the Ukrainian collusion and how they uh, and the obstruction of of, um, of Congress. All this ridiculousness. I think the whole thing is a sham. I think it denies it denies the president basic due process. I think it's a threat to the presidency itself. You couldn't get a parking ticket under this the procedures they're using, and almost all of it's hearsay. Yeah. Yeah, almost all of it's hearsay. In fact, their character witnesses are all Democratic operatives who work at Democratic institutions, and one of whom even worked for the Democrats during the hearing, got up from the witness stand and went and started asking questions of the next witness because he just happened to be the attorney that they hired to do their their uh, their cross-examination. And it's the whole thing has just become more and more ridiculous as the day goes on. And now comes the part that the Democrats are not going to like. It, it's it's a Senate hearing. It's a trial in the Senate. It's when the truth comes out. It's when William Barr comes forward and says, look, we are now going to really focus on this inspector general's report. We are going to focus on the uh, the inconsistencies and the lies in these emails. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And we believe uh, the, the, the opposite to be true. They've abused their power to investigate. They created behind closed doors hearings in the Intel Committee. They denied the president's counsel the right to participate. Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about William Barr for a second. William Barr is, and it's almost like you take the whole thing and you flip it on its head. This Inspector General report that came out is basically the Republicans' version of the Mueller report. Because when the Democrats had the Mueller report, they thought it was going to be a home run slam dunk against Donald Trump. This was going to be the end all be all. This was going to be the nail in the proverbial Trump coffin. This was going to be it, man. Donald Trump was roasted, toasted. He's going to be ousted. He's going to be not only out on the street, but behind bars. Forget the White House. This guy won't be walking the streets of New York a free man ever again. We are going to put him away for life. That was the Mueller report. That's how it was sold to Democrats. That's how it was sold to the American people. And that's not at all what it was. It was it was milk toast. It was not. It was a big nothing burger. And in, and in fact, it did exactly what Donald Trump said it did. It told the American people and the Democrats and everyone else who was wondering that there was no collusion, that there was no obstruction, there were no proof of anything. There were some instances where maybe the president acted inappropriately, but that's it. They were just instances. Fast forward to today. The inspector general report 
is the same thing, but for the Republicans. The Republicans thought this IG report would be the nail in the coffin of James Comey and Andrew McCabe and Lisa Page and Strzok and all these other people that worked at the highest levels of law enforcement, the FBI, uh, you know, inside the White House, this, the, the, um, the, the law enforcement and the, and the intelligence communities working together diligently before the election to keep Donald Trump from ever becoming president. A biased Democratic institution, if you will, that was working against a candidate, a Republican candidate for president, so much so that they lied and got fake warrants and and illegally listened in on the candidate at his campaign headquarters in New York City. And this report was going to be the slam dunk. And what happened? Same thing happened when the Mueller report came out. It wasn't the slam dunk. It said there was no collusion. It said there was no corruption. It said there was no illegal listing and there was no bias on the part of the FBI. And much like the Democrats were enraged and angered and said, we don't believe it. We're going to keep investigating. The Republicans this time around are doing the same thing, much like there were instances of possible uh, mismanagement or, or, you know, uh, obstruction by the president, but nothing concrete. There were instances of information that was released or, or left out of emails and and uh, and applications that needs to be addressed. And it's the same thing flipped on its head. Only this time we have the president of the United States and we have the attorney general doing the investigating. And the difference is where the Democrats thought thought they had the power and the ability to get Donald Trump out of office and put Donald Trump behind bars. The president and more importantly, William Barr, the attorney general, they actually do have the power to start putting people behind bars. That's why the Demo- that's why the Republicans and Lindsey Graham and William Barr and Donald Trump are as excited now that this report is out as the Democrats were after the Mueller report. I mean, after the initial shock of it being, you know, Totally pointless and a waste of paper. 855-765-1045 is our number. 855-765-1045. Quick break. Time to squeeze in a couple more phone calls on whatever you want Wednesday and a couple of your open mic messages. This is the Mark K Show on 104.5 WOKV. My name is Mark K. Thanks so much for joining us today, folks. 855-765-1045. You can leave us an open mic message, too, if you want. Uh, if you don't want to, you don't have to. We're not holding a gun to your head. But we could because it's Florida. And, uh, oh, no, that would be under that would fall under the red uh, red frag law. What would I say? The red flaw lag. The red flaw lag. Yeah, yes, because- they have been confiscating guns, 2,000 of them in the past year since the red flaw lag was passed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely need a nap. Anyway, uh, before we get out of here, here's what I want to do. Tomorrow, I, the, Governor DeSantis did something, and I think it's really impressive. And this guy, I mean, he was a great congressperson for the state of Florida. And it makes no, I mean, it, it, it makes perfect sense that he's an amazing governor. And so far, he's in a lot of, he jumped in with both feet. He's got a lot of things going. And today, uh, he tweeted out, I directed Education Florida to develop a program that increases civics education throughout our classrooms including a civics examination for all 12th grade students in Florida. He says it's imperative that today's students understand our government structure and the way in which the Constitution, federal and state laws empower them to become active, productive citizens. 
This is fantastic. Now, there's no word on whether this would be mandatory for, like, graduation, but hopefully it is. Here's his. Here's a clip from him in his press conference yesterday where he announced there's it. There's a lot of benefits that come from being an American citizen, a lot of benefits of having a constitution that protects your rights, but there are duties and responsibilities that flow from that, and I think understanding um, you know, those core principles are, are very, very important. I agree with that 100%, and I love that there's a, finally some kind of state-level uh, mandate to teach this kind of stuff in the classroom. The, now, the concern that I have, as I'm sure many parents do, is who's going to be teaching this? Because when you get to civics, when you get to politics, when you get to voting and things like that, you have more of an opportunity to sway opinion and instill bias in a in a uh, in a curriculum than in any other subject. It's very difficult to get political about math unless it's a word program problem problem, right? And it's like you know, if Donald Trump has 49 percent of the popular vote and Hillary Clinton has 51 percent, who wins? It's like Donald Trump. Yeah, so that's ridiculous because the electoral college. Puh. I mean, you could get political in any subject, but but civics really really opens up that door. And even my you know my son who is. How old is he now? 13, I think. Yeah, 13. 49. No, he's 13. Oh. Uh, even though know, he comes back, and I always make it a point. I go, what did you learn? Because I know they're teaching American civics. And I go, what did you learn in class today? And he goes, oh, I learned that only one woman has ever run for vice president. And I go, okay, that's not... <laughs> That's not true. Let me, but okay, but good. So every, I just kind of verify, you know, I trust that he's getting the education that he needs, but I also verify some of the facts that they're teaching him, uh, teaching him at school. And I think that that's important that, that parents do that. But it, but it's the, it's a step forward in the right direction, I believe, to teach, as Ron DeSantis wants to, American civics in the classroom. And I think they definitely should make it mandatory for graduation, although we don't know. We don't know if that's uh, if that's going to happen yet. He uh, he actually ran on this as a platform. It stressed improved edu uh, civics education. He said Florida high school seniors lack a basic understanding of the U.S. Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and other founding documents, as well as government structure. This leads to, among other things, because when you don't understand capitalism, when you don't understand uh, a, a Republican form of government, when you don't understand that we don't actually live in a democracy, when you don't understand that that your rights are are uh, stated by the Bill of Rights, and nowhere does it include free education, free health care, free cell phones, free auto insurance, or anything else. And don't think that I was uh, talking. We had poker night the other night. And I was talking to a buddy of mine. I said, "You know what's next is going to be free. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be auto insurance for all." And he goes, "Come on, don't be ridiculous." I said, "Look, if you're starting to hand out free education, if you're starting to hand out free health insurance, that's the next thing because these kids are gonna. Here's what's gonna happen: they're gonna go to college for free. They're gonna get a degree. They're gonna go try to get a job. Their job's not gonna offer them health insurance because you're giving them that for free. Then they're gonna turn around and say, "Wait, if to, in order to get to my job, I need to drive." And you're telling me that in order to drive, I need to have car insurance. I, we need car insurance for all. And that's going to be the next big thing, because once you open up that floodgate, there's no there's no sticking your thumb in it and keeping the water back. It's once once somebody, t you know, to give them an inch, they take a mile. That's exactly what they're going to they're going to want. Like they're going to be taking 15 miles per gallon before too long. And then, well, if you're going to make me drive to my work so that you can tax me at 70 percent, not only do you need to pay for my for my car insurance, you also need to pay for my gas. Because, I mean, I otherwise I won't work. I'll just vote for Andrew Yang and he'll give me a thousand bucks a month. So it's great that I believe Ron DeSantis is starting to do this. And uh, and and I want to delve into this a little bit more. So if, if you have an opinion, if you think it's cool, if you think it should be mandatory, if you're concerned that you're going to now allow public school teachers to put forward a curriculum 
that is unbiased and basically teaches the government structure and the importance of our documents and our political system in the United States of America. If that concerns you, leave us an open mic message and we'll we'll lead off with this tomorrow. Uh, go to our mobile app at 104.5 WOKV in the App Store, Google Play, iTunes, download it, play around with it, stream the show live and send us an open mic message. We'll get it on for the uh, on the air for you tomorrow during the Marque show. Stay tuned. Traffic, weather, news, Rush Limbaugh, it's all coming up next on 104.5 WOKV, Jacksonville's News and Talk. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.